Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. As many as 20,000 coming together for that unity march. I'm only 30 years old, but, um, you know, we're burying people left and right. Um, we just buried Walter Scott a month ago, you know, and, and some people don't like the comparison, but it is what it is. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. The entire United States needs to take a serious look if they want to stop some of this mean spirited bigotry and hatred that exists in this country still today. It's 905 on News Radio 1067. Ah, uh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. Delighted to be back in our studios here in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, where it's stinking hot. She's so hot. You know, my lovely bride, Buttercup, has never lived south of Connecticut. And I had to explain to her, baby, this isn't, you, you don't get to start complaining until it's, Three digits in the temperature. As long as it's nine something, you don't get to complain. You got to wait till you hit the 100. And that's because this is just part of life in the South. And you just got to get used to it. And there's another part of life in the South. And that is apparently the ongoing never-ending debate about the Confederate battle flag. And the first thing I want to say, because this is my number one priority. Everybody is welcome in this conversation. This is truly a time for Atlanta's largest diner table, that's what this is, to be wide open for everybody. I don't care what your opinion is on the uh, Charleston shooting and the aftermath and the debate over the Confederate flag and the debate over guns and crime. I don't care what your opinion is. You're welcome here today at 844-404-1067. And I've asked uh, Brandon and Soccer Boy to keep an eye on me. And if I start being unwelcome if I start, you know, letting some of my frustrations show and you feel like you're you're not welcome to talk, I want them to help me stop. That is a mistake I make sometimes. Nobody's perfect. And I want you, it is so important to me that everybody feel welcome, even though we may, in fact, I know we, many of us are going to disagree on what's going on. You, This is your show. This is our show together. And so the phone number is 844-404-1067. You can email me, michael at michaelgram.com. Follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. If you did, you saw the T-shirt that my kids got me for my birthday and, um, I mean, for, for, for Father's Day. And the T-shirt reads, I did not mean to offend you. That was just a bonus. And so 
That's what I mean. Today, we're taking the bonus points off the board. I don't mean, I'm not here to offend you or to make you mad or to say stuff just to annoy you. I, I'm going to tell you how I really feel, and I hope you feel welcome to tell how you really feel because you truly are at 844-404-1067. I was in Charleston, South Carolina the last time that the Confederate battle flag was a major issue. When I started my first full-time talk gig in Charleston, the Confederate battle flag still flew over the dome at the state house. You had the U.S. flag flying over the seat of government. You had the state of South Carolina flag flying over the seat of government. And then you had the Confederate battle flag, not the national flag of the Confederacy, but the Confederate battle flag was made very clear. Actually, technically, the Confederate naval jack. Yes, my Confederista friends, I've discussed this topic in the past. Uh, flying above this, the seat of government, a flag that 25% of the population of South Carolina found offensive. And so I said at the time, and I say it today, it is crazy to fly a flag over the seat of government that's supposed to represent all the people that is basically a middle finger to 25% of the people. It makes no sense. And so I lobbied and lobbied and lobbied to have the Confederate battle flag moved off the state off the state house dome and down to the Confederate monument, the monument to the Confederate dead, which is, in my opinion, where it belongs. It belongs in a place of history, not in a place of government. I made this point, and many, many people, many, many white Southerners, conservatives in Charleston, wildly disagreed with me. <laughs> very upset with me and said, no, Michael, no, the Confederate flag is nothing but a symbol of heritage, heritage, not hate. That's all it is. It's about the unique history of the South. And look, you can't grow up as I did as a white boy in South Carolina without feeling some of that emotional tug. What other place in the country has its own flag? It's what was its own, you know, Texas, the odd twofer because it was its own country as a state and then part of the Confederacy. The rest of the country doesn't understand. They really don't understand. I think it was uh, William Faulkner, the novelist, who wrote that in, in the heart of every young you know, Southern boy, it's still the afternoon before Gettysburg. You know, there's still you know, that, that, that emotion exists, and it's pure emotion, but it's emotion. And denying that emotion is bogus. It is a real emotion. The question is, what do you do with that emotion? So I feel that. I, I think, think about it. It's an underdog. It's people fighting against unimaginable odds. You have a team that no one else in America. It doesn't mean the same thing to be from any other place in America as it does to be from the South. Who else has a label? Southerners. Well, there's another label, Michael Yankees. Yeah, we gave it to them. It's our label for them. We are the only people who have our own regional team in America. So I understand the emotion. You know, I get it. But it's just an emotion. Here is the natural truth about the Confederate battle flag. It is absolutely a symbol of hate, and it is a symbol of hate separate from history. Forget the Confederates. Look, my, one of my best friends writes Confederate novels about the, the, the Civil War. He's a Civil War historian. The stories are fascinating. They're great. But here is the problem. And as I tell you the problem, think about where conservatives are today on issues like Young black men being killed by police while unarmed. Think about where we are. You want to stand up today and say, 
Well, that symbol, the flag, is nothing but heritage. Well, here's the problem. Since the civil rights movement, that flag has been used again and again and again by people who were defending segregation, by people who were defending Jim Crow. The problem with the Confederate flag isn't that it flew over an army in 1861. That's a separate story. The problem is the Confederate flag flew over the Klan in 1961. You want the flag to be a symbol of heritage? You want people to have goodwill and not doubt your motives about the flag? Well, you should have said something when Strom Thurmond was running for president as a Dixiecrat on the Segregation Forever platform. And what was the symbol behind him? The Confederate flag. When Georgia put the Confederate flag on the Georgia flag in 1956 to send a message to black citizens, shut up, we're going to keep segregation, you should have said something then. When uh, the Confederate flag started appearing all over the South in response to desegregating schools, you should have said something then. Your behavior as Southern heritage support, your behavior for 50 years has now caught up with you. You stood by and watched the flag used as a symbol of hate in the modern era, and you said nothing. And so now, when black people say, black Americans say, I think that flag is a symbol of hate, and your answer is, what? Why would you ever think that? You look like an idiot. Of course they think that, because they saw it flying over Klan rallies. You know, try, let me tell you something. For all of you, Michael, it's just a symbol of history. When Dr. King was marching across the Pettus Bridge and guys were waiting with sticks to beat the crap out of him, they were doing it under the Confederate flag. The flag wasn't there because they were a bunch of off-duty Civil War historians who happened to bring it from work. They brought it because it was their symbol of white supremacy in the South. It was their symbol of segregation forever in the South. That's what it was, not in 1860, but in 1960, 1965, 1970. You, sorry, you lost it because you didn't defend it then. You can't have it back. So, no, it is not unreasonable for black Americans to look at that flag and question the motives of the people who fly it, even though many people who do have it, have it as, you know, history. My great-great-grandfather fought in the the Confederacy, blah, blah, blah. I get it. You're absolutely right. But sorry, too late. This is all on white Southerners who either waved it as a symbol of hate or stood by while other people did. 844-404-1067. That is the natural truth about the Confederate flag, in my opinion. Can't wait to hear your take on this. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Two thousand sixteen presidential candidates are being asked to take a stand. South Carolina's Lindsey Graham has supported the flag in the past, but he suggested it may be time for a change. At the end of the day, I'm more worried about the future than I am the past. Most of the Republican candidates are dodging the issue. This is a decision that needs to be made here in South Carolina. It's not an issue for a person running for president. The Republican candidate who has come closest to call for removing the flag is Jeb Bush. He put out a statement yesterday saying that he removed the flag from the Florida state grounds when he was governor, and he is confident that South Carolina will do the right thing. 
It's 921. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham. And the question is, what do you think is the right thing? I've explained why when I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and the flag was still over the state house, I was the only conservative in the media calling for it to come down. Because I find nothing conservative about a symbol that flew over a, a would-be country that didn't believe in the most fundamental conservative principle, which is individual liberty. There's no way you can be a conservative and support slavery. Come on, I don't support it takes a village. I'm never going to take... Hi, I get to own you. And then the second reason why I never understood as a conservative why conservatives support the flag is because it flew over the Klan and other uh, racist groups and racist protests in the 50s, 60s, and 70s fighting against segregation. Another restriction of individual liberty. I want the government telling me that at my restaurant I can't let black and white people sit and eat where they want. It's up to me. It's my personal, you know, once again, individual liberty Small government, there's nothing small government and individual liberty about segregation and slavery. They are both big government, top-down, you know, uh, restrictions on freedom. Plus, there's also the fact that racism is is one of the worst uh, sins because it's the sin of stupidity. The premise that I know something significant about you because I know what you look like is just ridiculous. The premise that your color of your skin tells me something about you meaningful is just ridiculous. That's how I see it. And by the way, one last thing, then straight to the phones. And once again, everybody's welcome. I'm not asking you to agree with me. You can disagree with me vehemently. Remember, my motto is if you can't say something nice, call me. So if you're very upset and want to yell at me, yell. Absolutely. Your yelling will be welcome. But does anyone honestly believe that the Republican Party has a chance of winning a presidential race when they still are fighting over the qualities of the Confederate flag? 844-404-1067. Josh, thank you so much for the call. Go right ahead, please. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, first off, I wanted to thank you and then uh, let everyone know that my name is Josh, and I'm a black American of slave descent, uh, and I by no means speak for all black people. Uh, but I personally like states' rights, and I support them, and I vote for states' rights. But I don't think that uh, we recognize well enough as a society uh, that what was fought for uh, as it relates to states' rights was the right uh, for, for people to own uh, their fellow American citizens or those who should have been counted as American citizens. Right. Uh, and, and like you've been saying over the past couple of minutes, uh, the hate that's been perpetuated uh, underneath the banner of the flag uh, is just a history that's inescapable. Uh, and, and like that cannot be divorced uh, from the sim- symbolism of the flag. And what the flag represents. Uh, however, like more relevantly, like then the flag itself, uh, at least inside the state of Georgia, uh, is like going back to uh, McCluskey versus Kemp and looking at the things that have continued into uh, 1989 to the 90s and the 2000s. Where if you look at uh, 1989 McCluskey versus Kemp, uh, a study was released where uh, it showed that. Uh, it's, it's called the Baldus study, and it showes that the, stu- the study found that defendants charged with killing white victims received the death penalty 11 times more often than, de- than defendants charged with killing black victims, and that was even after controlling for 35 non-racial variables um, and after controlling for those 35 non-racial Josh, variables. Josh, that's a great point, and you're absolutely right that it is still harder in America to be black than it is to be white, but it's, but it's kind of a field of everyone. I want to ask you one last question. Your black friends, neighbors, family members, when they see a car pull up and they see a Confederate bumper sticker on a Confederate flag bumper sticker, what is their reaction? What is your reaction? 
personally, for me and my family, mm-hmm. it's it's more of this sense of uncertainty of, hey, uh, you may need to stay wary of whoever's driving this vehicle because you may not know whether or not like uh, they hate black people uh, because for them to symbolically associate themselves uh, with those who have, have uh, done such hateful deeds underneath the banner uh, of the Confederate flag, uh, you're, you're just kind of interacting with a loose cannon who may hate you solely because of the color of your skin. Josh, thanks for the call and for being part of the conversation at 844-404-1067. Gabe is on the air. Gabe, go right ahead. Hey, how you doing this morning, Michael? I'm fine. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, I was, my thing is everybody's got this misconception about the, the battle flag that it stood for keeping slaves slaves. And in actuality, it really didn't. It was for, it was basically for the South to have some type of banner or some something to fight under. You know, they couldn't use the Union flag. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole war, everybody thinks the war was fought because of slavery, but that war was started and fought over because of cotton, because the South was making money hand over fist at that time, because cotton was a commodity that was worth more than gold at that time. Gabe, and, you, you, you've opened a door in a fascinating conversation about history. But the point that I'm trying to make is that even if we get out of that conversation, and I disagree, by the way, with almost everything you just said, if we ever get past that, what about the fact that for 40 years it's flown over Klan rallies and segregationist governments and no heritage but not hate people rose up to defend this race-neutral flag? Well, my thing is it's not... It's been misused for what it's been used for, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Well, who said it was misused? Eyes. I never saw anyone saying it was misused. When I, when the head of the KKK, who lived five houses away from me in rural South Carolina, uh, drove around with his battle flag on the side of his van, no one ever said, look at him misusing that flag. So where well, were the heritage not hate people? Well, I mean, I'm a... I'm from the South. I'm from mm-hmm. Georgia. I mean, I don't hate anybody, but I look at that flag and I remember, you know, I can look back at my history and my culture and my people but, fighting against a tyrannical government that used slavery mm-hmm. as an excuse to come down South okay. and start taking what they what wanted. What about the Klansmen others. waving the flag at their rallies for 50 years? Not in well, 1860, I mean, but in 1960. What, what about them, Gabe? Should black Americans just pretend that that didn't happen? No, absolutely not, and I, and I can understand where they're coming from, but it's still our it's our history, and it mm-hmm. shouldn't be ignored. And without knowing our history, I mean, we're never going to have a future. And if we can't mm-hmm. openly talk about this stuff, because Gabe, if you know, if you notice, Gabe, that I am trying to openly talk about this stuff. That's my only concern about our conversation, Gabe, is you are simply not acknowledging the history of the Confederate battle flag. You want to conveniently jump back. <laughs> to 1860 and avoid 1960, the more immediate history. If you could have an honest conversation about that and make the case for why uh, my fellow Americans who are black shouldn't find the Confederate flag disturbing at best, I'm wide open to that idea. Gabe, thanks for being part of the conversation at 844-404-1067. Racism. Racism. We are not cured of. Clearly. Uh, And and it's not just a matter of... uh, it not being polite to say in public, that's not the measure of whether racism still exists or not. It's not just a matter of overt discrimination. We have to, societies don't overnight completely erase everything that happened two to three hundred years prior. Tell them where you're from. Straight out of Compton. A brother with his finger on the trigger. Well, I take out my okay. 
That was the President of the United States dropping the N-bomb in an interview. We, we, we had to bleep the president. Think about that. We had to bleep. On my show, I had to bleep the president of the United States. I have to bleep him because if I play it, I'll get called a racist for playing what the president said. That's the bizarro world. This is why my, my listeners who happen to be black, this is why some white people of goodwill get a little frustrated. Is that it is this ever moving, ever changing? What the what? I'm just trying to be nice, get along with everybody, and then the president comes in and drops the end. But can you play the first part of that again, please? Racism, racism. We are not cured of, clearly. Uh, and 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 it's not just a matter of uh, it not being polite to say in public. That's I, hey, hey, we got to get a ruling from upstairs on this. We need to talk to Cumulus International. If I have to bleep. The president. If he can say it, why can't I just play what he said? I sure as heck ain't going to quote him. Because as soon as I do, media matters. Michael Graham drops N-bomb on radio. If I was quoting the president of the... It doesn't matter. And this is the twisto, wispo, windo world. And we're going to get to, in the next hour, the total and utter lie behind so many of the statements you've heard. President Obama didn't quite go as far as the other folks on MSNBC and others. Look... Every, every person from Congressman Jim Clyburn to MSNBC to Al Sharpton, who's been telling you that America is a racist tinderbox about to burst into white supremacist violence, has been proven absolutely false. The bright silver lining around the dark cloud of Charleston, of the Charleston massacre, is that this guy has no friends. He had no friends before. He has no, there is no militant white supremacist movement out. It doesn't exist. Al Sharpton has been completely wrong for 20 years, and the reaction to this uh, proved it. We're going to get to that later. Right now, though, we're talking about the Confederate flag and the fact that the shooter hung out on Confederate websites, uh, white supremacist websites, nut job websites like the Council for Conservative Citizens. I've invited the people from the Council of Conservative Citizens to come on and explain their relationship uh, with um, with the shooter, uh, Dylan Roof. Uh, he had his Rhodesian flag, which you can buy through the website, the Georgia League of the South. The Georgia League of the South in Georgia will sell you the white supremacist flag of the former Rhodesia through their website. They'll also sell you the... Uh, Confederate Southern nationalism flag, a white flag with a black nationalist cross on it. They will sell you that at the Georgia League of the South, not the South African (laughs) League of the South, the Georgia League of the South today. And then white Southerners say to me, gee, I don't understand why people think the Confederate flag is a problem. He's just flying there with the flag of Rhodesia in South Africa above a Klan rally. What's the, I don't understand the problem. Oh, please. Uh, to quote the president, please, except for I can't use the word the president used. 844-404-1067. Jan is on News Radio 1067. Thank you for the call, Jan. Go right ahead. Michael, thank you. Um, I can't believe it. After all these years, I have changed my mind about the flag just because of what you said. And I wish all politicians were listening to you because I have always considered it uh, a flag that flew for my ancestors that fought. But your one comment about where were we when racist groups like the Klan 
hijacked our flag. I always thought in the past, well, it's not our fault that they used our flag, but it is our fault for not speaking up. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Jan, thank you, and thing you for the call at 844-404-1067. It is no coincidence that Georgia added the Confederate battle flag to the flag in 1956 during the fight over segregation. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that South Carolina put the Confederate battle flag over the top of the state house for the first time ever. It never flew there during the Civil War, by the way. The national flag of the Confederacy flew there, but not the Confederate battle flag, which is actually the flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. Uh, they put it up in 1962. Not a coincidence. And so I'm sorry, my fellow white Southerners. I mean, I wasn't around in 56 or 62, but those of you who were, you had the chance to say something then. You had a chance to say, no, 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 that flag has nothing to do with segregation. It's just about history. And you didn't. And now the symbol is lost. And now you, I'm sorry, you've lost your credibility on this issue. And when young voters of all colors see Republicans fighting over what the Confederate flag means today, what you're telling every voter under 40 is the Republican Party has nothing to say to or for me. Gary, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Glad to. Um, my argument is I think this is a petty argument over a flag in that why not take down the American flag as well? Because we have other groups in other countries that say it is a hate flag mm-hmm. and that we're the devil and it's flown over the over their ancestries and the illegal death of their people. ISIS, for one, is the one who says that our flag is the flag of the devil. Gary, I'll make an so, even stronger argument. The American flag flew over uh, slavery. America, when it, it was first founded from 1789 until 1860, flew over a nation that practiced slavery. The slaves that looked up in 1859 saw the American flag over the building. That's right. So, so why let me not, ask you, what I you mean, think? if we're going to take down one flag and, and rail against one flag, let's take, and we're going to go against every flag just because it is a, a piece of cloth flying in the wind, mm-hmm. which I think is a petty argument. It's a cloth flying in the wind. Mm-hmm. We have bigger arguments. Well, you, really you're absolutely discuss. right. There are big arguments, but I want to flip back. I think you know the answer about what makes the Confederate flag different from the American flag. I think you know. I do. What is it? But I'm just saying that, you know, if we're going to fight over one, let's fight over all of them. All right, well, Gary, here's why. Here's the difference, and we'll get back to the, the, uh, the just some traffic and more of your phone calls. The American flag flew over a nation that practiced slavery, and then it flew over the army that ended slavery. The American flag flew over a nation that committed sins, and then it has flown over the army of nations to fight to end those sins, to spread freedom and liberty. The Confederate battle flag <clears throat> never flew over any argument army that was trying to do anything other than maintain a country where slavery could continue. And that's the difference. If the point is not that the American flag is perfect. The point is the American flag has uh, uh, many points of history to point to. The Confederate flag only has one. And I think you know that, Gary. But thanks for the call at 844-404-106. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. The South Carolina State Legislature is slated to take up and debate and even vote on the issue of whether to remove that flag early next year, just before the state's critical presidential primary. 
This morning, a hot debate over a symbol celebrated by accused racist killer Dylan Roof. The Confederate flag, symbol for the defeated South in the Civil War, but still flying high at the South Carolina State Capitol. I've always seen it as a symbol as of racism. I do believe that it does mean pride in the South. Helping reignite the debate, Republican Mitt Romney, who tweeted, Remove it now to honor Charleston victims. That prompted rare bipartisan agreement. President Obama replying, good point, Mitt. I guess Mitt Romney should be happy that President Obama didn't say, Mitt, you're my friend. And the President of the United States dropped the N-bomb in an interview. I'm, what the hell is that helpful? I don't understand. I'm Michael Graham just trying to make the world make sense. 844 uh, and the debate over the Confederate flag is just one last thing before we go back to the phones. Do you think for a second, just purely from a political standpoint, do you have any idea what it sounds like to every voter under 40 to hear a bunch of white grandpas arguing about the real meaning of the Confederate flag and the, you know, what the civil civil, the Confederacy was really fighting for and you know, just all, all you are saying it, when you have this conversation, when Rick Santorum says, oh, I don't want to get into this, I can't, I'm not sure how I feel. That's up to the state. All you're saying is sit down, grandpa racist. That's all that 40 and under voters hear. If you ever want to win another election, non-liberals, if you ever want to win another election, Republicans, really, you're going to fight over the Confederate flag. Confederate flag and out-of-control cops, the two things that the Republican Party stands for. You can just write off every voter under 40. 844-404-1067. Mike is on the air. Mike, go right ahead. Hi, how you doing? I just started listening to your program the last couple of weeks, and I think you're absolutely brilliant. The things you bring You do realize air. that you've now undermined your opinion on everything else. <laughs> but, <laughs> and people so can I say, anyone to... that dumb, well, why would I listen to that guy? But go right ahead. Yeah, I happen to agree with you on this whole point here, okay? I'm a white guy grandpa. Um, you know, I'm pushing 60 years old. And to me, I'm originally from the North, and they'll say that figures. But to me, it's just like a Nazi flag. I mean, why do they call it the battle flag of the mm-hmm. Confederacy? It's to stand up for all those uh, those pre-Civil War values and all that. And I just think it's just, just plain evil, um, you know. And then it was the point you brought up about the Klan using it now. You know, you could say, yeah, well, that's what it was way back then. What does it mean now? Mm-hmm. What does it mean when somebody looks at that flag flying? I know what it means to me. Mm-hmm. It means well, I my, hate black people. Well, let me, let me that's tell you what something. It means. Let me tell you something. You can, you can say that, and I, I understand why you say that. But in all fairness, there are many, many Southerners who do fly it because the South is this cool, different place. And because you're a Yankee, you don't understand that. You don't know what it's like to have a sense of place like this. And so it is oh, not okay. the case that every person flying it is flying it as a symbol of hate. I also re- reject the Nazi comparison because the Nazi flag was a symbol of an ideology. In other words, Germany was already there. They could have kept the flag of Germany. The uh, They cho- said, no, 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 we believe in something. We believe in this white supremacist deal. Also... Nazism rose, what, three generations after the Confederacy, after the, remember, when the the South had slavery, there was slavery all over the world, not every part, but, you know, many, many parts of the world. 
whereas the Nazis rose up with their bizarre sicko eugenics racism theory in a modern era when they should have known better. So I think you I hear what you're saying. And I then there are many, many people who agree with you. And I can understand why you would come to that conclusion. But there are other facts that, that I think you should weigh in to your opinion. Billy, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, uh, I appreciate you standing up for the flag about the Nazism and stuff like that. But um, I I think that, um, like the other caller before said, the fight is petty, except for the fact that I don't see anyone complaining about the African flag that actually sold these, uh, the black folks in, into slavery mm-hmm. and the Jamaican flag where they dropped them off and traded them for rum and maple, the whole big slave trade. Everyone's down on the South for having slavery, but like you just said, there's still slavery around the world that this country still does business with and has an economic mm-hmm. plan and things of that nature with. And I understand we've got to clean up our own backyard first, but slavery's not here anymore. And I think that this is a great debate just for the simple fact that what else are we going to, are we going to give the black race to, to satisfy them? Because after this, it's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. And Billy, Obama's can I ask you a question? Himself, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. I, I haven't, I, I, we're not talking about the black race. We're talking about my fellow Americans. I agree. So what is it that you have to say to my fellow Americans, my fellow citizens who happen to be black? You don't want to give them something? Well, every, every time something comes up that attaches itself to say, just because the Klan attached itself to something like this doesn't mean that it's bad. They've attached themselves to white robes. Is, is, mm-hmm. Are we going to all stop wearing white robes? Yeah, yeah, we've all stopped. I don't know if you noticed, but the pillowcases with the eye holes, they haven't had those at Abercrombie & Fitch in years. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the people with these sheets over with the uh, cross on it, not not the catchy. You know, I, I, I'm checking my photos. I didn't see anyone at prom this year who was wearing the white sheets with the head garb. So, yeah, uh, as soon as you start talking about your fellow Americans as the black race, as soon as a um, uh, as someone starts talking as a black person about my fellow Americans as the white race. But you let me know is that you are having a com- different conversation from me. I'm having a conversation about America, the ideas that animate America, the ideas that make America work, the ideas that would work around the world because they most resonate with what it means to be a human being, liberty, freedom. The black race, white race conversation, you take your Rhodesian flag and you take your South African pre-apartheid, during apartheid flag, and you take it and you go have a conversation with whoever you want. Go right ahead. Uh, I'm trying to talk about and to... Americans. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your lonely licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. What is the natural truth? It is the way the world really works. Sometimes... That's not a good thing. You know, can I get a little just nothing story that yet resonated with me? Uh, in South Carolina, the state government has instructions for its the people who answer the phones. Like if you call the tourism thing or if you call like a Department of Transportation, you, you need some information. Their instructions are to answer. It's a great day in South Carolina. This is Angie. How may I help you? And they, the governor sent out a note that they're not supposed to answer the phone that way for the next 10 days, which is just a small thing. But, I mean, it just shows how... 
devastating this attack has been, the impact it's had on the people of South Carolina, uh, you know, at every level. And I just think it's a really cool thing. To the callers on the phone at 844-404-1067, we're going to get back to the issue of the flag, I predict, uh, later in the show. So stay tuned. But there's a... Uh, for those of you who are listening, or uh, Michael Graham's making me grumpy. Uh, even if he's what he's saying, I have to agree with. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about racism and the flag and stuff. I just want to be a happy Southern. I look. I get what you're saying, and I, I'm sorry I made you cranky. You're welcome, but that's why the phones are open and everyone is welcome. And I'm going to say it again. I want to hear from everyone. There is no opinion that is not welcome in this conversation. I may disagree with you, but I'm not going to, you know, shout you down or scream at you. I. I've told you how I honestly feel, and I'm passionate about it, and I want to hear your passion, too. And for those of you who uh, maybe kind of align yourself with the MSNBC view of the world, who have been cheering that last hour of radio, that's right, Graham, stick it to your fellow white Southerner. Okay, well, now it's your turn to get grumpy, because we got to tell the natural truth. And you have heard it again and again and again, how horribly racist America is and how the uh, attack by uh, Dylan Roof is cannot just be viewed as an attack by him. What Americans have to do is stop with this ridiculous post-racial America, this whole idea that it's all kumbaya, and come to understand that in the hearts and minds of people, you still have hatred. Uh, you can't just look at this as uh, one guy. It's, uh, that's just not legitimate, say, black activists around the country. Racism is alive and well in places like South Carolina, I mean, in towns across America. Uh, and if you watched MSNBC for the past week, you would have heard that this the, the racist killer represented far more than just himself. You, you also write, the fact that Dylan Roof appears to have acted without accomplices will inevitably be taken as solace. He will be dismissed as a deranged loner connected to nothing broader. This is untrue. Even if he acted by himself, he was not alone. Right. You know, he, there is a tradition of this. And so we look at you know, the history of this country and we understand that there's a great deal of terrorism that you know, has, been, has taken place since the foundation of it and that african-americans have been on the receiving end of that terror and so he is part of a lineage and part of a tradition that's deeply rooted in american history and so we can't even even if he acted alone he's standing on the shoulders of the people who committed atrocities before him you got the message he's not alone you heard the first part it will be dismissed. People will take solace out of the fact that it was one lone gunman. Oh, no, it wasn't. And you heard from Roland Martin on CNN and uh, DeRay McKesson, a Black Lives Matter activist. Here is Muhayyadeen Dahaba, an organizer with Black Lives Matter Charleston, who said in the uh, Post and Courier, quote, We're not just dealing with a random person that decided to go crazy. We're dealing with a deeply racist, white supremacist, Confederate ideology. And... I would point out, and I think I'm being fair at 844-404-1067, that this is nothing new. If you watch MSNBC, if you listen to the Reverend Al Sharpton, if you listen to V103, would you not agree with me that you've been hearing for years that America is this big racist country full of white supremacist wannabes that we were just one attack away from open race war? I mean, that's that's the underlying theory, if not the overtly stated theory, as I just played for you repeatedly, uh, that you hear from people on the left. 
Why did you know what you know what the mistake, the biggest mistake that the Charleston shooter committed from a strategic standpoint? We obviously all know he's a evil, disgusting, dirtbag, murderous killer. But just like Hitler made the mistake of fighting a two front war, what was this guy's strategic mistake? You know what it was? Too much MSNBC. He listened to these people and believed it. He he listened to the Reverend Jeremiah Wright saying US of KKKA, and he really thought, oh my gosh. I'm not alone as a racist white supremacist. They're, they're all out there. They're just waiting for me. And so when he said that he hoped to spark a race war, you don't get that from listening to me or from reading National Review or Weekly Standard. You're not going to read America's on the verge of a racist war. America, America's white America. How many of you, those of you who are listening who happen to be black, how many of you have believed in your heart or heard in your church or heard at some of the rallies that I've attended on behalf of the unarmed black victims of police uh, shootings, that white people, if they could, would rush out and grab a you know a pillowcase in one hand and a pitchfork in the other and go launch their race war. How many of you have heard that or believe it in your hearts? Well, I've got news for you at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. You're wrong. Al Sharpton is wrong. Jesse Jackson is wrong. MSNBC is wrong, and this isn't just my theory that they're wrong. In other words, I'm not making an argument. We have objective scientific laboratory fact. Racist dirtbag shoots up a church in a state that's two-thirds white. Racist dirtbag wears his Rhodesian flag and his Confederate flag in a state that's two-thirds white. If those two-thirds of the white Southerners wanted to rise up and, you know, have a race war, they could. They got the guns. How many people stood up to cheer him on? One. There's one firefighter out in East Texas somewhere who got fired because he posted something positive about the uh, Charleston shooter on his Facebook page. One. 320 million Americans, 75% of whom are white. And one guy. Where's your racist America? We now have absolute proof. Because I don't know if you, uh, one of my favorite parts of the story is the uh, trouble that Dylan had finding fellow racists to guide him. This morning, police are looking into what might be Roof's manifesto posted on a website updated just an hour before the attack. The racist rants inspired by the Council of Conservative Citizens, what some call a hate group. These hate sites have been growing year by year by year. Roof is seen posing in front of Confederate monuments. This one in Charleston was vandalized Sunday with this is the problem, hashtag racist. He's being held this morning on a million dollar bond and has not yet entered a plea. Though police say he's confessed. In racist white America, the white guy who killed nine black people is being held on million-dollar bond. He's going to probably get the death penalty in South Carolina. People went out and vandalized not black symbols, but they went out and vandalized Confederate symbols. And here is a direct quote. i tell you what. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you a quote from Dylan uh, Roof that proves that you the 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 uh, hardcore racist people who believe America is this racist country are completely and utterly wrong. The entire premise of the existence of Al Sharpton has been destroyed by this guy and white America's reaction. I cannot wait to read this quote to you. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067.
It's 1019. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, welcome to the show. So glad you are here. Braves fans, when the Braves score, you win, you win at Express Oil Change and Service Center. When they score five or more runs, you get to take a buck off for each run on a full-service oil change. They won Saturday 6-4. They also swept the Mets on the weekend. Great baseball to watch. So today, get $6 off a full-service oil change when you stop at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Today, Express Oil Change and Service Center. Stop by and tell them Michael Graham said hi. The phone number, 844-404-1067. So you've, uh, you heard from the president earlier that just because and he's... Well, you, I mean, you know what? You got to hear from for yourself. Racism. Racism. We are not cured up. Clearly. Uh, and, and, and it's not just a matter of uh, it not being polite to say in public. That's not the measure of whether racism still exists or not. It's not just a matter of overt discrimination. We have to, societies don't overnight completely erase everything that happened right. two to three hundred years prior. And, Mr. President, you're absolutely right. But we've gone far beyond just not dropping the N-bomb in public. Uh, and I still don't know how I feel about having to bleep my own president of the United States. Dude, that's just, what are you doing that for? It's not helpful. Things are, here is the state of America when it comes to white people and race. There is no support, zero support for uh, the, the Charleston shooter. None. Even the Council of Conservative Citizens went out of the way. Well, you know, he doesn't represent us. There, there's nobody. For the, 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 the fantasy, the fevered swamps where the MSNBC and Al Sharpton types hang out, where the, America's just one incident away from, you know, re- returning back to the 1960s or the 1860s, is wrong, just wrong. That America's not there. Here's how not racist America is. People who want to keep fighting about the white oppression in America have had to invent the term microaggression. They had to invent a term because white people are so not racist in their day-to-day behavior that you have to tunnel down and find them. It's the why uh, uh, that kook, what's her name? The white lady pretending to be black, Rachel, what's her face? She has to make that. Unless you're going to let white people pretend to be black, then you're racist. That's how far it's gone and the reaction to this shooting proves it it proves that the people who want to believe that they live in the u.s of kkka are wrong it proves that msnbc is wrong does it prove that there's no racism in america of course not but did you see that crowd marching forty thousand people in a city that only has about a hundred thousand people marching across the cooper river bridge in charleston yesterday and that really is kind of this kind of where we are in America and the South in race. 40,000 people, white, black and everything in between walking across a bridge in solidarity with nine black Americans murdered at church, walking over a bridge named after Arthur Ravenel, a South Carolina racist who in the year 2000 said the NAACP was the National Association for the Advancement of Retarded People. And then when he was confronted on it by me, because I'm the talk show host in South Carolina who had the audio and broke the story. And when I confronted him, he apologized to retarded people on my show. That was his answer. So there is the, there it is. I agree with you that Arthur Ravenel having a bridge named after him is problematic. But if that is as bad as racism gets in America, a dopey bridge name, while 40,000 white Americans walk across it to show the solidarity... That is good news, not bad news about race relations, and that breaks the heart 
of the Eric Michael Dysons who want to live in a country where they can claim to be oppressed. Vern, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you pretty much everything until you started saying uh, about uh, Al Sharpton them that uh, complain about the police and, and the white people. That's absolutely not true. I listen to him a lot, and I'd like to hear one soundbite where he, he says something like that, bad about white people and the police. You want to hear a soundbite from Al Sharpton saying something bad about white people and the police? Yes, I'd okay. like to hear that. Because <laughs> I've never heard it. Uh, really? Well, then you must not listen to Al Sharpton very I often. I do. I listen to him almost every day. Okay. and I listen to you almost every day, too. Well, thank you. Would, would you agree and with me? And the reason why I listen to you is because you're not usually you. I mean, you always say something about Al Sharpton. You know, <laughs> saying stuff, but well, I'm you sorry. Also, He's across the line. You also say something about about Republicans, not just mm. Democrats. You also talk right. about the Republicans when sure. they're wrong. But let me ask you this. Do you, and, do, do, let me ask this. Do you agree that Al Sharpton's premise is that white Americans are racist and uh, wish ill on their black fellow citizens? Do you agree that that's no. his premise? See, no, I, I don't just, agree with that. Well, then, I, I mean, then, you know what, Vern? We're going to have to agree to disagree because I'm, I'm sorry. It just, it, you know, it comes out about, and I'm mean, getting to the anti-Semitic stuff. It's just like, it comes out of Al Sharpton. If you watch, I mean, I played you this light litany of clips. I didn't even think about getting an Al Sharpton one, I'll be honest with you, just because I just assumed we'd all agree. But we just played you the litany of clips about how America is full of a bunch of racists. What Americans have to do is stop with this ridiculous post-racial America, this whole idea that it's all kumbaya, and come to understand that in the hearts and minds of people, you still have hatred. Racism is alive and well in places like South Carolina, I mean, in towns across America. Start at your own home first, but I think the entire United States needs to take a serious look if they want to stop some of this mean-spirited bigotry and hatred that exists in this country still today. Now, that was the head of the NAACP in South Carolina, Lonnie Randolph, who I happen to know. And uh, he's a nice enough guy, but Lonnie and I have had this conversation in the past. You want to look at America? Look. Look across America. Where is anybody showing solidarity for this murderer? They aren't there. Now, Vern mentioned something about the police, and we're going to get to that in more in-depth later. Because one reason why conservatives can't get any credibility on this topic is because of conservative behavior. Like I said earlier, just like Confederate flag fans Sorry, you spent 50 years watching the flag being used as a symbol of racism. You can't suddenly pretend it's not. The same thing with conservatism. And when you've got the number one voice of conservatism in America making fun of dead teenagers killed by the police. Then about five days later, the video was released and the gentle giant was no longer gentle. He was abusive. You know, you can't blame black America for looking askance at Republicans and conservatives through the media when Rush Limbaugh has a running gag making fun of a dead black teenager. Look, I'm not defending what Michael Brown did. I'm uh, not uh, saying that what the police officer did wrong. That's an interesting conversation. But even if you agree that the police officer did what he had to do and Michael Brown was the guy who was out of control, it's a dead black kid. It's a dead black American. It's a dead American. That's something to be tragic. And if you're going to be the party of people who debate the value of the Confederate flag and mock dead black teenagers, 
You deserve what you get. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy. You will not hear a single tear for conser- for the who me Republicans. Why is everyone looking at us after this Charleston shooter? Why is everyone looking at us? Oh, I don't know, because all you do is scream black crime, black crime, black crime every time a white cop kills an unarmed black person. You, you think black people aren't listening? When you got a black kid shot in the back in Smyrna and the cops won't release the video, when you got a, a, a veteran, a naked veteran of Afghanistan gunned down by an incompetent cop in cab. He was naked. And your only answer is, well, black people. If the black people weren't such a problem, we'll be, well, I mean, look, you can say that all you want, but you can't then be surprised when black America turns around and looks at you and says, what the bleep? So, no, no, you're absolutely right, conservatives. America has turned its lonely gaze on you. They are asking, what is your connection to that killer in Charleston, South Carolina. And my answer to you is, what did you expect black America to do? They've been listening to the conversation. They've heard the dismissal of dead black Americans. They've heard the in lack of, of compassion. They've heard the lack of interest. They've heard the constant denunciations of the black community being responsible for a dead, unarmed guy. And they're drawing conclusions. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. I'm Michael Graham. It's ten thirty six. I am Michael Graham. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Don't forget our big cooking demonstration coming up at Howard Payne Company, sponsored by Thermador, this Saturday, noon to two p.m. Go to newsradio1067.com. It's absolutely free. In fact, I tested one of the, uh, I recooked one of the te- recipes I'm going to be doing at the cooking administration just to kind of keep brushed up. We got some fantastic, fun summer food. And my wife was like, I don't think I'm going to like that. I don't like that. And after, after dinner, I was like, I want more of that. It was, ah, we're, I love cooking. We have a great time. You have a chance to win a free Thermador dishwasher and, and you'll eat. So that's this Saturday, noon to two. Everyone's welcome. Just go to newsradio1067.com and register because it's very limited seating. So you got to register right away. We're talking about why I'm so proud of the way America has reacted to the horrific uh, uh, terrorist attack by the I want to start a race war wannabe terrorist. And he is a terrorist because he wanted to terrorize people. He wanted to he was acting in, in motivated by his politics. He had this vision, the sick vision of a racist America, at least on his website. He did. Uh, and what was the reaction, despite the fact that we've been told again and again and again that ra- America is this hor- horrifically racist country full of white supremacists, the white supremacists cannot be found. Hundreds more stayed outside of that church singing along as speakers on the street broadcast that service. Hours later, a stunning scene across Charleston's Ravenel Bridge, as many as 20,000 coming together for that unity march. All said and done, everybody's the same. It's just a good feeling, a warm, warm feeling. That Southern hospitality that we pride ourselves on. The right, the right reaction, people poured out, this guy has no fans. This is from what they believe is his manifesto, whatever they posted up on the lone Rhodesian or something, something about Rhodesia uh, website. Quote, listen to this. I have no choice. I am not in the position to go alone to the ghetto and fight. I chose Charleston because it's the most historic city in my state and at one time had the highest ratio of blacks to whites in the country. We have no skinheads, he complains. We have no real KKK. 
No one is doing anything but talking on the Internet. And he's right. This, this guy's watching MSNBC, and he says, oh, my gosh, I'm surrounded by racists. I'm going to go out and start a race war. Then he runs out to find the racists, and they're not there. No clan, No skinheads. The, the, the website, the, the loser websites he goes to, League of the South and uh, Council of Conservative Citizens, they have like nine people. There's no, there's no support. It's just, it doesn't exist, you know, it doesn't exist. Is there still racism at that kind of, you know, social level, whatever? Yeah, sure. Look, it's part of human experience, whatever. Is it still harder to be black in America than it is to be white? Of course it is. But for the haters who want to believe that they live in a racist country, you have to choose to want to believe that because the evidence and facts aren't there. Donnie, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Michael Graham, man, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate everything you're doing for the city, man, for the for the world. It's like you're the new voice of the people, man. <laughs> I've listened to Michael Eric Dyson, Warren Valentine, mm-hmm. um, what's the uh, the Kimmer. Like, I listen to all the talk radios, man. I drive a truck around the city. Cool. And it's just like you bring the real stuff that needs to be talked about. Um, me being a black American in the world, in the United States, you know, I'm from Tennessee. I'm from Nashville. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Confederate flag is a part of my heritage as well. But it has always stood for something, you know, in a negative connotation. You know right. what I'm saying? I understand, if, you know, being from the South, you know, I, I love the, you know, the Dukes of Hazard and everything. But it is a, it's a negative, it's a negative, sure. it's negative, you know? Let me ask you, you, let me ask you this, Donnie. And I've actually been working on this for years with some writer friends of mine. We're trying to figure out, I think that we, you and I as Southerners, need a Southern flag. It just needs to not have anything to do with Confederacy. You know what I'm saying? We need like a new flag that is just, <laughs> because no, we are different, man. You and I are different from the rest of America. We are Southerners. I actually lived off of Briley Parkway for a while in Nashville. What? And yeah. Oh when I did stand, Zane, Zaney's Comedy Club was my home club when I was doing comedy. And uh, wow. so, and uh, so what we need to, I, I was thinking about this. How about a flag that has like barbecue on it? You know what I'm saying? Like a big barbecue symbol. But that would bring us all together. Or we could have I hate Yankees, but that's I don't know, that's too many words. But do you agree with do you agree with me that we as Southern the fact that we're white and black is not nearly as significant as the fact that we're both Southerners, that we and share do, this Southern experience. Man, and I'm so glad that you that's what I love so much about you because my grandfather, you know, most of my grandparents were uh sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. My granddad grew up in Lebanon, and everywhere we went, white, black people, whoever, they called him Bub. They called him Buddy. You know yep. what I'm saying? That was his nickname. Yep. He wore overalls every single day. So if anything, <laughs> you know, it's like people are trying to make this. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it, it just needs to stop. I'm just I'm just so ready for us to get. It's, it's scary, I guess. What scares me is that the guy was so young, mm-hmm. and that's what we've got to get back to is teaching people. You know, I I wasn't ta- my 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 people didn't talk to me about you know, white, black, this, sure. and the other. Of course, as I grew up in school, I knew what, you know, the, you know, how white people stood against black people. But in, but as I grew older, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of out the, that's, that Completely out, out the of door. the way. Look, my dad, my dad, my dad grew up as a sharecropper. My grandparents were sharecroppers. And my grandmother was the woman who would have her porch full of her black neighbors working on stuff to like if someone was sick they'd be doing a meal for him or they'd be doing sewing and stuff because my dad didn't have electricity in rural south carolina until he was like 13 and uh and they would sit there and what's amazing thing is she called them the n-word and she's sitting there right with them because her culture was so you know i'm saying it was so from the past that she didn't see that as an insult she didn't see the insult 
And so I'm not going to pretend that the insult wasn't there. And I'm not going to pretend that she thought that the black people on the porch were equals. But I will say that they lived together and worked together. And that despite whatever weird politics was in the back because of the culture they grew up in, they lived as brothers and sisters for real. And so if we can kill the politics, Donnie, if we can kill the idiocy about the Confederate flag, we can kill the, peop- the idiocy of people who want to say that America can never be a fair place for all to live. And the Donnies and Michaels can live the way that Southerners have lived. They're, they're going to race rallies and then they're hanging out down the street with their black friends. That was the, that is the Southern past. Black and white people talking trash with each other behind each other's backs and getting together and actually living together. Being a Southerner is far more profound than being white or black. We have our own thing. We've done it together. It's messy. It's got some ugly in it, but it's real. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1049, oh yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. The natural truth is just the way, the I'm, look, I'm just telling you what I really think. I can be totally wrong. That's the, you'll never hear me say I do my show with half my brain tied behind my sphincter or anything like that. I, I use my brain, your brain, Brandon's brain. If, if Soccer Boy had a brain, I'd use it. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm all, I'm a little humor, let's just lighten up. By the way, so, you should watch Soccer Boy's face. While we have these conversations, grab, grab the mic there if you remember how to make it work. Um, because Soccer Boy is a typical 20 something puke. He'd have been sitting there in the car next to the guy going, oh, I don't want to judge anybody. But he's also not from, uh, Amer- you've gr- you grew up off, right? You grew up down in South America, right? Uh, for, yeah, the first few years of my life was not in the U- United States. United States, yeah. And so when you hear people calling in, explaining how great the Confederate flag is and that it's not fair, the way it's being smeared this way and there's nothing wrong with the flag, what is just your, nor- once again, you and I have not talked about this, right? No, no. Just your normal human reaction. My first association with it is the it's just you're southern, right? That's good. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, other than that, it, I mean, it's just it's a little surprising to 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 hear so much of the racism talk that's behind mm. it because I just I've never associated I've never really associated much with I've learned the history of the of the Confederate flag and everything, but never associated much with the actual racism. The Confederacy itself, right? <laughs> exactly. This conversation is so not in the lives of people, 30s, 20s. It's just not in their lives. You know, they're trying to figure out who to vote for and what political party represents them. And they got a political party that's obsessed with talking about or seems to be obsessed with talking about the Confederate flag and, you know, uh, know, criminal, you know, stuff far from their life, I guess, is how I would put it at 844-404-1067. And. Uh, we've, you know, I, I mean, I've told you what I really feel, but let's say for a second, and as many of you do, you disagree with how I feel. You think you have a problem with the credit flag, you have a problem with the Council of Conservative Citizens. You know, you you you're one of the people who, like a caller earlier, wants to know what the quote black race close quote is going to want from us next. Interesting way to phrase the question. Okay, whatever. Let's say that's you. Do you want to win another election one day? Would you like to see? Someone on your team in the White House? Because I guarantee you, if the Republican Party manages to solidly identify itself as the party of the Confederate flag and out-of-control cops, there will never be another Republican president. 
The Republican Party has a brand problem. People, it's, they look at Hillary Clinton and they go, she's corrupt, she's an old hack, she's from another generation, you can't trust her. 57% of Americans think she's a liar, and yet she's winning head-to-head polls against all of the Republican candidates. There are a bunch of different reasons, and I'm not panicking about that. I'm just saying, but it's true. Part of the reason is because people, particularly people under 40, just don't want to say, I'm a Republican. Because they think saying I'm a Republican is the same as saying I'm a racist. And there's a reason why they think that. And it's not just falling out of the sky. I've gotten several tweets, follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham, uh, from people saying, Michael, it's the liberal media that's twisting this into the Confederate flag and racism. Really? How many people from members of the liberal media have called my show today? How many members of the liberal media are posting tweets defending the Confederate flag? I haven't seen any. No, I see conservatives and Republicans out talking about defending the flag. I see guys who want to be the next president of the United States being asked a direct question about the Confederate flag, and they can't give a straight answer. Here is the very simple answer to the Confederate flag question, if any of you are planning on running for president. I believe that every state should decide for itself what symbols it wants to fly, how it wants to remember its history. But if I lived in South Carolina, I would vote against displaying the the Confederate flag on the state house as as a formal symbol of the state. There's the answer. Doesn't mean that you don't have the flag in museums. Doesn't mean you don't have Confederate uh, uh, memorial uh, uh, graveyards. Doesn't mean just, and it also doesn't mean that you're deciding for South Carolina what they're going to do. But that, why isn't that the obvious winning answer? And isn't the goal of politics winning? You know, I got a bunch of people mad at me because I'm calling out Rush Limbaugh. Look, Rush Limbaugh invented talk radio 25, 30 years ago. But this is not helpful. Then, about five days later, the video was released, and the gentle giant was no longer gentle. He was abusive. Mocking a dead black teenager as a gentle giant, mocking him, mocking dead Americans is not a great thing. Mocking dead black Americans, not a great thing. Mocking dead black Americans killed by the police, not a great thing. And that, that is what, you know, to the average person, they just flip on the radio and they hear what's coming out. This is what they think it means to be. They think, oh, if you're a conservative, you have no problem with the cops killing unarmed people as long as they're black and you love the Confederate flag. Well, what is a person in his 20s or 30s supposed to think about that? But Michael, it's not true. It's more nuanced than that. Maybe you're right. Michael, it's not true. It's more, it's, you, there's, there's more substance. Maybe you're right. But that, isn't that what's coming out of the box? Isn't that what a casual talk radio listener or Fox News? When you tune on Fox News and the story is an American veteran in DeKalb County who was uh, neglected by the VA. And so he has a mental issue. And he's during this breakdown, he's naked and unarmed outside his apartment. And a white cop kills him, even though he's naked and unarmed. And the police won't even release the video. So we can't see what happened. And you turn on Fox News and their coverage of that story is black crime, black crime, black crime, black crime. This guy was a veteran. How do you think black citizens are going to react? How would you react? 
if the Tea Party were treated by, uh, well, I was going to say were, <laughs> the Tea Party are often treated by the media the way that conservative media treats black people. And Tea Partiers don't like it. And I agree, it's not fair. It's a cartoon, it's a stereotype, it's dismissive. It's clearly hostile. You cannot be honest about the current state of America and not acknowledge that conservative media appears to be hostile to black people. Even if there's no intent, and that's a worthwhile discussion because sometimes I think there is intent, but even if there isn't, that's the way it looks. That's the way it looks to a reasonable observer. And so if if you're going to be the party of I'm Rush Limbaugh and I'm here to make fun of black people and call girls sluts. If that's going to be what you stand for, well, don't be shocked that not a lot of people under 40 want to stand with you, that not a lot of people of color want to stand with you. If the Republican Party could get black voter support just up to what it was in the year 2004, it would completely change the election in 2016. But as of right now, Based on what I can see in here, Rush Limbaugh, conservative media, Fox News and the GOP, they just don't care. Well, I do because, A, that's not how I feel about black people. And, B, it's stupid politics. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. As many as 20,000 coming together for that unity march. I'm only 30 years old, but, um, you know, we're burying people left and right. Um, we just buried Walter Scott a month ago, you know, and, and some people don't like the comparison, but it is what it is. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. The entire United States needs to take a serious look if they want to stop some of this mean-spirited bigotry and hatred that exists in this country still today. News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, total foodie. That's why I'm excited to be hosting a food uh, cooking demonstration at Howard Payne Company this Saturday, June 27th, noon to 2. You got to go to News Radio 1067 and register. But uh, I'm going to be showing you some. I, I'm not a chef. I'm just a guy who loves food and has had a chance to cook in some places. I've cooked with some great people. I cooked for Paul Prudhomme once, which was just phenomenal. And I'm going to share with you one of Paul's recipes for uh, fried chicken salad. And it's not what you're thinking. It's not the stuff you get in the restaurant where they just dump a chicken strip on top of a salad. The fried chicken salad is great. i uh, got another great summertime dish to share with you. And a little trick that I learned from uh, some friends in Louisiana on how to turn any okay dessert dish into a phenomenal dessert dish takes about five minutes so easy to do and we're gonna talk about grilling you're gonna see the thermidor stuff you might win a dishwasher but you got to go to newsradio1067.com and register to win not to win but to participate because it's free everyone can come until we run out of space and so once they filled the slots and there's not many it's a it's a beautiful facility they've got at howard Payne, but it can only accommodate so many people so if you're a foodie or just want to come eat for free (laughs) 
come and hang out with me this Saturday. Everybody's welcome. Just like on the phones, everybody's welcome, whether you agree with me or not. And I know that there are many of my fellow white Southerners who don't agree with me that the Confederate battle flag has lost any credibility as a symbol of history because all of you heritage not hate people never said anything when it was being used again and again and again as a symbol of hate. The problem with the Confederate flag isn't that it flew over Confederate armies in 1860. The problem is that it flew over Strom Thurmond's Dixiecrat campaign for president in 1948. The problem is it flew over the state of Georgia in 1956 when it was added to the flag specifically as a middle finger to uh, integrationists. It was put up to show the motto, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. The problem is in 1860, the problem is 1960s when Klan members marched under the Confederate flag as the symbol of white, not of Southern heritage, but of white heritage and uh, white supremacy. And that's why the same people who sell you the flag of Rhodesia through their website at uh, League of the South, Georgia, and the same people who will link you to a flag of apartheid South Africa at their uh, Council of Confederate Veterans, or, or excuse me, Council of Conservative Citizens sites, they will also sell you the Confederate battle flag, also known as Confederate Confederate Navy Jack, not the flag of the Confederate States of America. Nobody flies a flag of the Confederate States of America. Is that interesting? You know, I, I thought Sonny Perdue had a brilliant solution for Georgia. First, they had that dumb flag. Was it Roy Barnes did the dumb flag with the, all the little mini flags underneath? That was just stupid. The flag we have in Georgia right now is based on the actual flag of the Confederacy, the the Confederate national flag, the three big bars. That was a Confederate flag. The the thing with the stars and bars, the the St. Andrew's cross in it that everyone calls Confederate flag, that was actually the flag of the army of of Northern Virginia. That was Robert E. Lee's flag. And so that's why it is, you know, when people talk about history, et cetera, that flag has been co-opted to mean... I want to go back to the days when whites ran things. That's what that, that now, it, does the flag have other meanings too? Of course, every symbol has multiple meanings. A crucifix can have all kinds of sorts of meanings, depending on how you display it, et cetera. Crucifix can be a sign of peace and hope when you're running towards it, trying to escape ISIS murderers. Or it can be on fire in the front lawn of a black family in Minneapolis. So the flag has multiple meanings, but you cannot deny as honest white Southerners that white Southerners either use the flag or allowed the flag to be used as a symbol of hate. That is just the natural truth. The other natural truth, though, the, the, uh, if you happen to be one of my listeners who's black, this vision that you hear all the time on MSNBC and on V103 that you're living in some racist encampment where Americans want to hurt you, we now know that's not true because we have absolute definitive proof. In fact, it's even not quite right to call the shooter a racist. Do you know about this complicated? I'm not saying he's not what I'm just saying. It's a complicated story. He uh, actually, uh, in addition to half of his Facebook friends being black, he used to hang out in a trailer with black neighbors. And one of them spoke, and you're going to hear it in just a second. And then we're going to hear from you at 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067.
1118. I am Michael Graham. I'm going to play this audio from the uh, neighbor and good friend of uh, the Charleston shooter, Christian Scriven, who happens to be black, by the way. But first, I'm sorry. Everybody needs to know that the president of the United States dropped the N-bomb in a podcast interview. And the name of the podcast is WTF, which was my response. when I Wait, wait. This is the president of the United States? Racism. Racism. We are not cured of. Clearly. Uh, and, and, and it's not just a matter of uh, it not being polite to say in public. That's not the measure of whether racism just stop still right, exists stop right there, Just stop right there. So we had to bleep the president of the United States. I'm sorry. I don't. As a huge fan of NWA, uh, I'm, I see no reason why the president of the United States should ever say anything in an interview that has to be bleeped. That's just me. I don't understand how this is helping. And, you know, a lot of people are starting to sense that the conversation about race has gotten away from the actual conversation about black and white people because the vast majority of black and white people agree that race at its heart just really doesn't matter. When you go to work every day and you see people don't look like you and you're dating People who don't look like you, your kids are dating and marrying people who don't look like you. It just It's hard to keep pushing this notion that race is so powerful and determinant when people are living. We're starting to pick up on the fact that the people who are pounding away at these issues aren't that much interested in race as much as they are power, political power, using politics for power. In fact, it's so hard to find a racist in South Carolina, in America, that when the uh, killer wanted to find the KKK or the skinheads in South Carolina, he couldn't find them. He did, they, weren't, they aren't there, not in any meaningful way. You know, the, there's not a group. He had nowhere to go. He couldn't go to his local Aryan Nations rally. There wasn't one. He couldn't go to his KKK, you know, ever 12-step program and, you know, learn to be racist. They weren't there. In fact, it's so bad that I, I think you can make the case that it's hard to say that the racist killer was even fully a racist. He said that he was going to the college to shoot the college up. And I think that because that college campus is so hard to get onto, maybe he couldn't get into that school and he settled for that church. I don't think he was in his right state of mind at all because Dylan in his right state of mind doesn't do things like that. He doesn't talk like that. He doesn't act like that. In his right state of mind, he doesn't do stuff like that. He doesn't act like that. And according to multiple press reports from Christian Scriven, they would hang out together. He would come over and hang out. And they would sit around. They would drink, whatever. And then pills would start being consumed. And then the, you know, black people, we got to do some about black people that are taking over the world stuff would start talking. So here's a guy who's hanging out going, you know, half the time I'm hanging out with him, he's totally normal. And then half the time I'm hanging out with him, he's saying crazy stuff. And so he, even he apparently wasn't a, you know, true clue cluxer. He was just either mentally messed up or it had something to do with the pills or, you know, he came to it late. It was interesting. There are people who are arguing that uh, Dylan Thomas, uh, Dylan Thomas, Dennis, Dylan uh, Roof is a, a terrorist the same way that ISIS has terrorists. And I agree that in the sense that they wanted to kill for the, for a cause, they're right, but... Here's the comparison falls down. I want to know where Dylan went to get his radicalization the same way that ISIS radicalized there. And the answer is he didn't. He couldn't find it. His complaint was that it wasn't there. There is no underground ISIS-like network of racists in America. As much as uh, MSNBC and Al Sharpton want that to be true, it's not there. 
Is there still racism? Of course there is. Are there people who want to fly the Confederate flag as a symbol of white people? Of course there are. Are there also people who want to fly it as a symbol of history? Yeah, but you should have spoken up when you had the chance. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. And how in the world do conservatives hope to ever win another national election when they on purpose label themselves the party of the Confederate flag and out-of-control cops? Let's ask TJ. TJ, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael. Uh, first of all, man, hats off to you. you. It takes a lot of guts to tackle this particular issue when it, it, it can infuriate so many, you know, powers that be, you know. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I mean, my, my thing is I am so fed up with the party, both parties. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't see the need for a party. Why do you have to associate with a party, because there are things that the Republican Party, gun control, uh, gun, uh, you know, gun laws, for instance. Right. I agree with, you know, the Second Amendment. I'm a gun carrier, but, mm-hmm. you know, leave it alone. Sure. But then there are things that, that I identify with the Demi- uh, Democratic Party about. And why do I have to choose? You know, why can't, why can't people just run based on what they think and let the polls, right. you know, you know, decide who's got the best, you know, but the thing is, the reason they do it is because they want to make us all data points. They want to take all these polls Mm -hmm. and the Republican Party will make their decisions on their stances based on the polls. And the Democratic, uh, the Democrat Party will make their decisions based on the results of polls. And those data points are what will determine their stance. So so here's my suggestion. So let me run my suggestion by you. Let's let's stop acting like data points. Let's stop just saying, well, I'm just going to whatever my party is, whatever, Democrats, Republicans, and I'm just going to stick with them. I mean, you've you've heard it, TJ. You've heard people who oppose something when a Democrat does it, and then they'll flip around and support the same thing that they oppose because a Republican and vice versa. You've seen it. So how about let's let's do it. You and me. I got to go because there's so many. The the phones are jammed. I want to get as many calls on for the rest of the show as I can. But let's let's just make the commitment that we're not going to do that. That when someone says something stupid and racist, if they're a Republican, it's still stupid and racist. And when a Democrat smears America, they're smearing America. Even though they're doing it to help Hillary win an election, they're still smearing America. And we're not we're just not going to we're going to no longer just sit back and go, well, that's my team. I better support them. No, I'm sorry. It is not my job to worship the Confederate flag or drop to my knees in Monica Rush Limbaugh in order to be a conservative. Rush, zip your pants up. I, I'm going to be the one conservative who doesn't do it. I believe what I believe. And I believed it first because I believe it's right and I believe it would make the best America for everyone, black and white. 844-404-1067. Jeff is on the air. Jeff, take it away. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much always, though, a Democrat, very liberal. I just think that it's all these social issues that are going to help the Democrats win again. And if conservatives would get out of gay marriage, they would get out of all these other issues, racism, religion, mm-hmm. um, they could possibly win another election, but I don't see it happening. And I also was listening, as I was on hold, and I think it's kind of scary to say that this guy wasn't a racist because he had white Facebook friends and hung out with white mm-hmm. people, because if someone's a jihadist and they happen to hang out with white people right. and they kill someone, they're still a jihadist. Like, what he did was still a racist Oh, act. no, no, I agree with He's you. And racist, I, yeah. I agree with you, and he, and he posted racist messages up on his board, but you know, a real, true, diehard racist would not be living the way this guy chose to live. And I just, but, my point is, di- 
the good the good old fashioned racist. racist that we're all looking for. You know, the Klansman who goes off in his compound with his Aryan Nation's yeah. brother. We can, we don't even do that in America anymore. That's how those, fa- those, how badly racist has faded. Faded. But those aren't the scary ones, though. The scary ones are not the because, like you said, that's not around. And with social media, with people with power, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a diehard racist. There's still things that can be done that are incredibly scary. So no, no, scary people are scary people. I agree with you, but if if the best that the Aryan nations can whip up today is a drug-addled punk who half of his friends were black, who he liked to hang out with and party, that ain't, that's pretty weak water for a secret racist cabal that's running the United States of America. Your phone calls and nothing but your phone calls for the rest of the show, plus your chance to win free lunch from my friends at Pier 213. I'm Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.